Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All righty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We are bellying up to the bar tonight with a wonderful woman, a beautiful soul. She just, you know, if you saw the post this week, she just radiates. You know, we, we made sure she radiated the entire time. She's bringing with the the hustle with, with heart. And I kept messing it up when I was first writing it. It's hustle with heart coach. I kept trying to put an A in the middle of that. It's hustle <laughs> with heart coach. Uh, and we're going to be talking about, we got a little bit of a giveaway that's going to be happening tonight, but we have with us, Miss Erin Harrigan. <laughs> you didn't realize you're getting applause. I, everybody's I always know, surprised right? by the applause. I have never truly walked into a bar and gotten applause. So I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I love it. <laughs> it just depends upon how, le- what level of bar fly, I guess you're at. I, I think so. I've and always, like I've worked in bars. I oh wasn't yeah. Visiting the bar, so yeah. So you were a bartender? No, I uh, was a working as a waitress in a cocktail bar, like the '80s song. I was about to say we're going to go right into that song. Yeah, I- totally. Like I, that's where I met my husband in Laurel, Maryland. So yeah. So, Aaron and I, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. So let's get the bar open here because I, I forgot to mention to everybody that like this show may go completely off the rails and end up into. <laughs> Uh, tasty cakes. Oh, I'm getting some feedback here. What's going on here? Why am I getting feedback? Right. Oh, it went away. Okay. Um, so let's get the bar open. So first things as, as always, folks, we got sticker and a cause. That's the big sign for those of you that are watching it that way. No, I am getting feedback. Do you have headphones on? No. Could you put headphones? I can. I, I think it that's sound, what it is. Sound really good, but go ahead. I'll mute and do that. Okay, so sticker and a cause, folks. So if you have something you believe in, something that you're supporting, whatever it happens to be, if you reach out to us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, whatever you want to reach out to me on, and you mention to me, uh, hey, on any of those things, so you know it's all the Above the Bar podcast, and you mention, hey, I've got this cause that I'm supporting, i got something I'm doing, and you reach out to me, we will absolutely 100% read about your cause, put that sticker up here for everybody to be able to able to see it. Everybody will be able to talk about it. The other thing to that is if you're uh, – look at that. I love them headphones. I'm serious. Um, the other side to that is if you've got something that uh, – your media, maybe it needs to be coached to be not in the 80s and a little bit more modern. Make sure you're reaching out to Media by Dibs. That's Media by Dibs. It's Instagram and Facebook. It's Media by Dibs, D-I-B-S. And if you reach out to him on LinkedIn, it's Andrew Dibble. And you mentioned him belly up to the bar he's going to give you a 10 percent discount on your first order and he's going to go ahead and uh, give you a free consultation so make sure you're reaching out to media by dibs so the bar is open everybody knows where to find us on youtube facebook twitter twitch the above the bar podcast and for all of you that are watching let's throw this out here real quick make sure you give us a follow like share to my stuff to Aaron's stuff uh and make sure you're sharing this to all your yard sale sites 
I got to be careful. I got a notice the other day from Facebook. Like you've, you've been, you've been kicked blocked on too many uh, spots. If you keep sharing this too many places, we may block you again, which I've had them do, which, you know, Facebook's kind of Gestapo. So Marky Z. Uh, well, you know what? We're just going to get into this. You know, what drives me nuts is these podcast uh, Facebook pages. Mm. And they're like, they're podcast Facebook pages. So you share your show to one of them thinking like, hey, they're a community. We're going to. Sh-. And somebody like, oh, we're removing this. And then you're like, why'd you remove it? Well, well it, it, you're sharing others content. No, I'm sharing my content. Right. right. So what does it matter? It's a podcast. Aren't we all supposed to be supporting each other? So it drives me nuts. So, I get it. So how you doing down here in Laurel there, hon? How's things going down here, huh? <laughs> you got the Baltimore accent. Listen here, hon. I grew up in Dundalk. You, know, you got to keep, right? keep that in mind there, you know. Go get the water from the zinc, take the dogs for a walk. That's you know, right. we'll go on down to the shore. That's you right. Know, get, get some thrasher yeah. fries. Yeah, living down the county. Down, in, Yeah, you out there. Well, I'm like, I ain't going down in, in the town no more. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually you. south of D.C. I'm right on the um, western shore of the Chesapeake. Okay. So when I tell people that I'm south of Annapolis, they're like, oh, you're you're over. And I'm like, no, no, I'm on this side of the Bay Bridge. Um, yeah. And it's good. It's we are going there, there's like a thunderstorm brewing. So hopefully my Wi-Fi holds up. And we'll be oh, I love Eastern. I love the shore thunderstorms in Maryland. Yeah. Like they're different. I think they're yeah. different. And I love, I can see the bay from my office. Oh, so nice. it's wild to sort of watch it come across. Ooh, fancy. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> uh, and, and I didn't put all the dots in my, my hustle with a heart, but it's all good. It, it's fine. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm going to try to stay on this, but I mean, if you could see to my right, we have the 2000 AFC champion, Super Bowl champion, Ravens uh, flag over there. Okay. Did you catch that when I moved the mic? I, there, yeah. Well, I saw the Ravens. Yeah, you know, we gotta, you know, at yeah, some point, Nate, at some uh, look, I'm such a homer. I told somebody that the other day. I'm like, if we had a professional badminton team in Baltimore, I'm so <laughs> rocking that. Like, totally. I remember where I was before the Ravens came to Baltimore. I remember where I was when they were thinking about bringing. Was it the Browns? Well, it was the Browns was the original franchise tag. We we got the Browns franchise. Right. right. Um, and I remember when they made the announcement, I was in Columbia Mall. I was in like, I don't know, what's probably now like a five below store, but it was I, I don't even think it was a Woolworth though. Who that'll God, that right was, there, right? JG um, Murphy. And I remember that. I remember being there and being like, and I'm not a pro football. We are very much college sport fans. Oh, really? So, um, but I was so excited because I felt like we, you know, I'm I'm not from I'm from outside of DC. So, but it was such a big deal when the Ravens came. So you're not you're not a Deadskins fan though, right? No, my family absolutely. Well, you know, the Commanders now. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. The Cobra Commanders. But I'm I'm all about. We're all about college sports here. My husband is a used to be a college basketball official. Oh um, wow! I went to Maryland, so big Maryland Ter- Terps fan. Uh, so yeah. Well, you I should be a, some Ravens, but eh. you should be a pretty happy uh, person right now. They just won the national championship for lacrosse, men and women. Yes. I mean, who does that? They're in. The, are they? I haven't watched, but I think they were still in the baseball playoffs. But I could I, be wrong. I watched the other day, and I don't know who they were playing in baseball, but they beat them like they owed them money. Like twenty-three to something. Oh. Yeah, it it was like this is silly. 
this is just silly. Like, it, like, isn't there like a fifth inning rule that's like, <laughs> like mercy know, rule? Like, I don't know if college has the mercy rule, right. but they should have enacted it at yes. that moment. Yes. And don't listen to Andrew Dibble. He's from up here in New York where they're <laughs> all confused. This is the weirdest place if you're a sports fan. So I'm in New York. <laughs> it's like bipolar, right? <laughs> Oh, is that me or you that paused? Can you hear us? Yeah, now I can. It was frozen for a minute. I didn't yeah, know that was weird. Or you. But it, it, they're so ridiculous. So you go up north and they're Bills fans. Yeah. You go down south, they're Giants and um, doggone uh, Jets fans. That neither of those teams play in the state. They play in New Jersey. Right. But if you're around the Albany area, yeah, they're Patriots fans. Right. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. They're the goofiest. And you're a Carolina Panther man. That's even sadder. That's the saddest one of them all. As long as you are not, I'm just going to say it. I am an ABCD fan, anybody but Carolina and Duke. So (laughs) drop that on you, Andrew, but Uh, that's look, I'm good with that. I love that. Anybody but Carolina and Duke. I love that. So we can sit here and talk about back home and all these things that I miss. I was just down there not long ago and had to leave with like tasty cakes and Wawa as soon as I could. What's funny about the Wawa thing though, I grew up in Dundalk. There was one Wawa and that one Wawa was in Edgemont. There was no other one. It was the only one. So where people now are like, oh, I love Wawa. That's great. I mean, we- there was one. Don't don't and I and I enjoy it living out of Philadelphia. I used to live right. there and, and they were everywhere. Yeah. But we had Royal Farm and Royal oh. Farm chicken and Western fries. I mean, it gets no better. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I love it all. But we're gonna talk about that all later because the fat kid that lives in my soul and Andrew says he's a Syracuse fan. I, I'll give all you right. that. The orange men, you know. Yeah. That's like they're okay at lacrosse. They're not who they used to be. They're definitely not <laughs> who they used to be. But so let's get into it. So, Miss Erin, you are a life coach. And make sure I got this right. But you approach this from a Christian base and mostly focused for women, correct? Yes, no? Yes, correct. And, and mostly. So go ahead. No, go ahead, please. You said you explain it way better I was than say, I was. I'm actually, I'm actually a business, co- business coach, but it, it always bleeds into life, right? I mean, right. It's all What's the difference? And for me, I focus really with my clients on the growth of their business and the strategy of their business and putting discipline in place around their business. But very often that does bleed into like talking about the relationships in home because that affects their business versus a life coach who's very much about um, it, not really focused on business, really more from a life perspective and relationships and, and you know, dealing with trauma and, and all different kinds of things. So I'm very much focused on business. I, my focus is women. And really, it was born out of my own experience going from corporate into my own business and then watching it grow exponentially and then watching it begin to um, decline. And you know, I like to say it as my story is this ambitious woman gets lost on her way to the top, finds Jesus. And he says, why don't you let me drive for a while? You hold the map, which is the Bible. And then after a while, he says, now I want you to go share that map with the people just like you. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. And and that's what I do with my coaching. 
That's interesting. Now, with, with coaching in that way, and, and I'm curious about the business that you you started and in, in, in the issues you had with starting a, a, a coaching, and you you reach out to somebody and say, "Hey, this is how I'm going to approach this coaching strategy with you." Have you had anybody been like, "Save the Jesus stuff. I just want to know how to get better at my business." No, I haven't because I've been very specific from the beginning that my focus is women of faith. So let me let me shed a little more light on this. You know, not everyone who believes in God, maybe believes in Jesus, would say that they're Christian. Why? Because, I mean, let's face it, we've done ourselves in as Christians because we're not good at taking care of each other. We are very judgmental and hypocritical, right? So not everyone would identify that. However, I've been really clear from the beginning that I work with women of faith who believe in God. So they know that. So if I have somebody that comes to me and I love all people because Jesus loves all people. In fact, I have a sticker on the back of my uh, my laptop that says Jesus loves the people you hate. Like, just let that settle for a second. Right? Think about that one for a minute. Yeah. Just sit with that. So I have had people who are very much. Um, like new age universe law of attraction, but they know I love you, but you're not my people because I am going to talk about applying biblical truth to your business. So I really haven't had anyone that's come to me from that perspective. I've had some people who have said, I feel like you're leaving me out that um, because I don't believe in God, I don't really know how to work with you. And I say, with all due respect, you shouldn't work with me because I'm, I, we are not on the same, in the same belief system. I love you and I respect you, but I am not the coach for you. Let me refer you to somebody that is. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so you've actually, you know, somebody wanted to work with you, but you were like, eh, I'm going to approach this in a way that probably isn't going to work for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because I believe that I cannot be the coach for everyone. And nor is everyone my audience. And you know, there's a lot of talk, especially in the coaching realm, about niching down. It's one of the things I really love about your podcast, Sean, is because you have people from all walks of life, right? Yeah, there's no niche here. I'm and, the only and niche. It's, it's like, let's have a conversation at the bar and enjoy a beverage, right? Um, in in coaching and, and those sort of consulting realms, if you will, there's a lot of talk about niching down and it can get scary to niche because you think, well, who am I losing? Who am I not paying attention to? Yes. You know, are there people out there? But for me, through my prayer, it has been made very clear to me that I am to work with women of faith who believe in God. Not all of them call themselves Christian, but they believe in God. Um, and they will know right away when we start to talk if I'm the right person for them. But I'm also not called to mask that message. I'm not called to water it down. By the same token, there are many, many coaches and people on social media who who use their platform um, to speak on political topics or social justice topics. I also am not called to that. And I don't condemn anyone for that, but I just know that that's not what God has led me to do. So I'm very clear about that message. And, you know, again, not to disrespect or dishonor anyone, but like, I'm clear with who I'm supposed to work with. You, you know, you know, your target market. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing from a business standpoint, just focused on that for a second. I, I think that that's every business person's goal. And if it isn't your goal, I think it should be your goal to be able to tell customers 
And that's what clients, customers, whatever term yeah. you use, sure. to be able to tell them, no, yeah, you're, I'm not free. Because I know um, as someone who's, you know, in the in my day-to-day world where the job I do every day, that has, you know, we initially weren't in that world to be able to mm-hmm. tell people like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to work with you. Right. Uh, we're, we're getting to that point yeah. where you're kind of able to say like, Hey, I'm going to even, even say, not just, I'm not going to work with you. I'm going to stop working with you because you're, right. this is what I do every day. This is my business. I know what you need. Stop telling me no. Right. Exactly. Like, this is what I do all day long. Right. Like that's my favorite thing was when I'm I look I had this happen to me. Kid was like twenty some years old. I'm looking at the resume and I go, take your picture off your resume, take your address <laughs> off your resume, put your put your that. put your LinkedIn code on your resume. Right. And and I explained it all. I said, here's here's why. Well, I don't agree with that. And I looked I was on the phone, I said, I hear you, you don't have to agree with it, but I do this every single day. Right. Listen to what I'm telling you. You're leaving judgmental things out there on your resume. Yeah. And the, and the kid was like, what? I'm like, so maybe I, maybe I don't like the way you look. Right. Maybe right. you I, you live, I see the town you live in, and I think, well, he's never going to drive that far. Right. Even though you might drive 100 miles to get to a job and never think nothing of it, but I'll look at it and go, no. Yeah. So fix yourself. And yeah. they were like. Oh, okay. Like, I could imagine. Well, and I think it's scary as a business owner to say, especially at the beginning, to say no. And so I think that I know for, for many of my clients, that's where they struggle because they're a little bit all over the place. They want to do all the things. They want to save the world. And so I, I help them. I like to say, tune out the world, tune into God's truth and turn up their focus. And what I mean by that is- Say that again. Listening. Say that again. Yep. I help them tune out the world. Tune into God's truth and turn up their focus. Why? I like the it. world is loud. It's chaotic. Not, you know, all tragedies happening lately, notwithstanding. The world has a set of definitions about what success means, about what um, quote unquote prosperity means, about what it means to do business and show up in business. If you are anchoring your identity in that, it's a losing battle because the rules change all the time and you could be aging out of that situation. I mean, I'm 54. I like the advice that you gave that kid, right? Like you have a perspective. So if we're always listening to the world, we are really chasing our tail in circles because we're not clear on who God says we are, right? What, how does he define us? So we got to tune out the world. And we got to tune into his truth. And what I mean by that as, as followers of, of the Lord is like, how does, who does he say I am beyond mom, wife, um, business owner, CEO, beyond all of that, who does he say I am? Because at any time you could lose that job, your business could start going backwards. That's what happened in mine. And so we've got to allow him to define us. And then we've got to allow him to direct us. And so I think that it's scary to niche down. It's scary to to say no because you you're coming at it from a standpoint of like, well, that could that could mean I lose business, I could lose money. But if you believe that you've been made on purpose for a purpose and that your business is one vehicle for you to walk out the talents and the gifts that God has given you, 
then you can see that the people you're supposed to serve, he has already planned. And if you're out there saying yes to everyone, it dilutes the impact that you can have because you cannot serve everyone and nor should you. And it, and it takes a level of humility. And I'm not saying that to puff myself up, but it takes a level of humility to say, you know what? I'm not the right person for you. Let me, let me introduce you to someone that is, if you think about miracle on 34th street, the movie, right? Great movie. Santa Claus is like, no, 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 we can't help you here at wherever, but I need to send you over to Gimbel's, right? And um, I don't remember the store. I know it was based on Macy's. So let's say it's Macy's. And Macy's is like, oh, don't send people away. And he's like, but they can give them what they need, right? And so being able to say no is hard, but I believe that it is an incredible muscle to exercise because when your yes is yes and your no is no, the clarity that you gain and the the impact that you have in your business can be so much further than if you're saying yes to everyone. That's why it's that's huge. Like just the fact of because I I know people that are in that same realm where you know if somebody comes up and says whatever their business is, hey, I want you to do this, they're like, God, I don't want to do that. Whether they Right. For whatever reason, don't want to do it. I don't care what it is, whether yeah. they just can't take it on their plate. Um, FYI, I hate it when people say they don't have the bandwidth. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't have the bandwidth to take that on. That drives me absolutely bonkers. First time somebody said that to me, they were like, I don't have the bandwidth. I was like, something wrong with your computer or something? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, I had no idea. But that's such a powerful thing to say. Like, hey, you got to be able to say no. Right. I, I almost feel like you create a want of you when you say that it's, you know, I'll put it on, on a guy yeah. standpoint for a second. The girl who tells me no, right. I chase Yeah. the girl who tells me yes, right away. I'm there. I'm done. I'm moving on. Right. But the right. one that tells me, no, I'm chasing that. I'm going to be yeah. like, oh, there's, what do you mean? No, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> right. You don't know how well, great I am. Absolutely. And there's two sides to this. No, Sean, because there's the no of no, I'm not the right person to work with you, um, which then makes them like, oh, well, you know, or or like right now, I don't my coaching roster is full. I'm having conversations with people about when I open it in August. But saying no now, yes, it it drives a level of demand and desire. Right. The other side of that is us respecting and honoring those that say no to us because a long time ago so my my previous business was a multi-level marketing network marketing business and one of the trainers that we had richard brooks said you want to leave people feeling good about their no because when you do that they will come back to you because they will always remember man i turned her down but she was so kind to me case in point i have a friend sandy she's in the insurance industry I've probably known her for seven years. And every time she's come to me, she's like, let me just quote your insurance. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm with my sister-in-law. Or then, then I was with my daughter, right? Well, the other day, seven years, the other day I called her and I said, okay, I'm ready. Why? Because she was respectful when I said no. So we have to be willing to say no and know our boundaries and know whom it is we truly serve. But then when people say no to us, when we're, I mean, let's face it, we're all selling, right? When people say no to us, 
let's show them respect because that will go further in bringing them back or referring us to others. So it's really a, a two-sided piece. I think a lot of times, you know, people tell you the no because they want to see the rise. Oh, yeah. They, uh, no. No, yeah. I'm not. No. And you're like, okay, right. cool. Well, keep right. keep my number. If you know somebody else, let, let me know. Yeah. Nate, Nate's going to be happy. Nate just jumped on. Nate, she's Nate. in Laurel. Nate, Nate's out in Western Maryland. Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Nate, she's in Laurel. You see how it is? It, it's pictures with him and Jonathan Ogden. Love that. But you know what? Here's another thing on this saying no thing. Um, it, it's respecting them. It's respecting yourself. But when I was in sales, and like I said, we're all sort of in sales. I spent 25 years of my corporate career in sales. And I, my nickname was Pitbull because I would, I'd like get on it and I wouldn't let go. Right. So some people have a problem saying no. Right. Like you said earlier, the buzzword bandwidth. Oh, I don't have the bandwidth. Dude, just tell me no. Like it's a two letter word. Thank you. So when I was in corporate, I, I would say all the time, like I am going to call this client. Like they want to tell me no. I've gotten all the signals, but I'm just waiting for them to say it. It's a two letter word. Say it. I will call you until you tell me no. Thank I'm you. not like that as much anymore because I've kind of tempered that, but still, right? Like, don't be afraid of a two-letter word on either side of the equation. I mean, I, I'm 100% with you. Uh, I, because of the type of staffing that I do, I'm, I'm always like, if I haven't heard no, then I'm not doing my job. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I obviously yes. haven't done my job if you're not telling me no. And, yeah. and yes, Nate, don't talk about somebody looking like a like a bulldog. <laughs> Don't talk about somebody no, looking like a bulldog. You got to sneak up on a glass of water. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm with you. So so you you went from highly successful sales, then you went into your own multi level marketing, no. that business. Yeah. Um, when I'm just curious, like, because coaching to me, to to go into that, it. So I always say to people, coaching to me has become the new psychology psychology that type of it type of thing because everybody's like well let me talk to you let me let me coach you through this right um what was what was your catalyst to kind of move forward and say well i'm going to get into this and i'm going to base it on this yeah, you know to yeah. base it on faith and to go that way i mean you said it niche my niche is is human interest you know yeah. I got beat up when I first started my podcast. Everybody's like, well, you like comic books. You should just do a show on comic books. I don't want to do a show on just comic books. I, right. I, that would bore me after a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you, you could just talk to comic book people. I don't want to. I want to talk to everyone because we're all equal at the bar. Everybody yeah. that sits at a bar, there's no, I promise you, that bar stool is the same height for everybody. Amen. I love the way you put that. Yes. And, and that's my approach to and this. It's but the same distance when you fall off of it, too. That's it. I mean, you all hit the ground at the same, your butt slides <laughs> off at the same, same speed. But what was that like for you? Or, or what was that conversation, especially with your family, when you're like, yeah. hey, I went from 25 years, I was doing this. Ah, now I'm just going to coach people. Like, was there like, uh, oh, mom, mom's tipping the bottle. What's going on here? <laughs> well, there's definitely some uh, milestone or, or inflection points, if you will, along the way. So 25 years in corporate, 23 years into my corporate career. And I was traveling about 70% of the time. I was primary oh. breadwinner. I wasn't seeing my kids very much. Uh, they were 10 and 13, my girls at the time. And uh, I hit a wall and I was like, 
I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom, but I want time. Like I'm making the money, but the time is what I want. So that's why a friend of mine had introduced me to a multi-level marketing business in 2012, 2010. I stepped into it and I rose very quickly. In two years, I rose three out of four levels. I got the company car and I started to plan my exit out of corporate. In 2012, so two years in, I was let go from my job uh, for various and sundry reasons that I won't talk about, but um, it, I would just say it was not above board. Let's put it that way. So November, 2012, I'm going to be 160% to goal. I'm winning awards. And, um, I get called to Raleigh, North Carolina and told they're letting me go. And I'm like, it's November. Like, are you sure you don't want me to stay on and close this $23 million that I'm about to close? Which by the way, funny story, it didn't close for eight months later. Oh. So um, I was planning. Actually, my, doesn't it make you feel good? Like I don't I'm like, like mm, see little ego. Look, a little ego's okay. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. So um, I had planned to, you know, cat get my six figure bonus in 2013, and you know, go full force into my my multi level marketing. That did not happen. I got let go. I started taking all of that tenacity, that driving, striving, achievement, chasing that I had in corporate, and I put that into my business, my multi-level marketing business. But what I found two years later is I'd had success. I hadn't fully replaced my income yet from my corporate job, but I was unfulfilled. Like I was waking up 2014, I was waking up and I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is not what I thought this was going to feel like. Right. My business started going backwards. I wasn't making as, as much. So then my bonus that I was earning to pay for my company car was not happening. And so I reached out in October 2014 to a mentor. And I was like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I am literally working what I feel like is 24-7. And in that fateful conversation, she said, I think because you are so ambitious and you're so responsible that you've become very self-sufficient. And I don't think you know who you are or who's you are. Well, that kind of stuff. Who you are? Hold on. What do you mean by whose you are? Like who truly is in charge of my life? Like who truly made me? Like who truly gave me purpose? Who, to whom do I belong? Because I don't belong to this world, but I've tied my identity up into that, right? And so we had this conversation, and she, you know, asked me like, "Do you have a relationship with Jesus?" And I was like, "Of course I do." <laughs> but for me at the time, no disrespect to any unbelievers. Love you. Jesus to me was like this guy tied up. It was like a mashup song, right? Jesus, the law of attraction, the universe. And she kept saying to me, like, God made the universe. Like, you, you get it? <laughs> so after that conversation, I gave my life to Christ because I was at what I felt was a rock bottom. And I thought, how, how does this change? Like, if I keep doing what I'm doing, insanity, I'm going to keep getting what I'm getting. The world is in my opinion, breathing down my neck with all of its success mantras. And yet I feel like a complete loser. What, what's happening? So I gave my life to Christ. I was, I was saved, born again, what, however you want to term it. What did that mean? That meant that I no longer had to be self-sufficient. Please hear me. I am not saying you don't take action. I am not saying there is not work to be done, but what I'm saying is for me, that meant someone much higher than me who's created everything around me is actually the one in charge. And oh, by the way, here I'm sitting in my story at chapter 15, and he already knows the end of the book. 
So why would I not listen to that, right? Like, why would I not follow that? And so that's where things began to change. I held on to my multi-level marketing business for, I still have it actually, but I, I just, that's not where my focus goes. So over the next four years, we went through financial crisis because we were living like I was making the six figures in corporate, but we weren't actually making it. Um, we went through trial and tribulation and almost divorce and all of the things. Um, but during that time, a couple of things happened. Like I said earlier, found Jesus and he was like, let me show you how this works my way. Did you realize then, he was sitting right next to you? No. Yeah. It's pretty it, crazy. Isn't it? Until that time, until I had the conversation then I'm like, hold on a second. Like you knew all this was going to happen, right? Yes. Because I had to go through that to be able to teach people that I've been a trainer. Um, I've taught people, uh, I, many coaches, have been coaching or have been counseling their friends their whole lives, right? So it was a natural transition. I'm a talker. I feel comfortable on video, I feel comfortable on stage. So God was like, this is what I want you to do. And so that's what happened. I And then alongside of that, there was some consulting that I was doing. So when I came to my family to say, this is the direction I'm going, I feel like my kids were like, A, duh. <laughs> and B, <laughs> because they're not believers, they were like, oh, she's become a Jesus freak. Right. And then my husband, he's former law enforcement. Um, he was he has a real challenge, like trusting that there is a God who sees everyone equal when he's seen so much crime and, and other things. But he started to go to church with me um, and we have a beautiful church community where we are, Chesapeake Church, and it's filled with law enforcement, secret service and military. So he was like, dude, these are my people. Right. So then he began to understand, like, this was the call that God had given me. And I, I could say no to it, but I had spent the bulk of my life saying no to what God had called me to do and saying, no, 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 dude, I got it. Like, I'm all right. So that really is, is where it came from. And now I think with my podcast, the Hustle with Heart podcast and different interviews and things that I've been on, like, of course, I post it on social media. And I think my kids are like, oh, mom's doing her podcast again. Okay. <laughs> And they're 25 and 22. So they're like, all right, mom, whatever. Because their whole lives, I've been telling them like, you know, you have to be careful what you think. You have to be careful the words that you say to yourself and just all oh, of yeah. those things, which are all biblically based, but most people don't know that. Um, so I don't think it was sort of a shock to them. Um, I think that sometimes they, mostly my kids, probably my youngest daughter, mostly um, gets a little like, ugh right of me talking about Jesus <laughs> on Instagram but here's the thing is like I that's what saved me like that change that transformed my life and listen I'm not out here like beating people with the Bible or standing on my corner like you know repent or die or a friend of mine says I don't need to be out there wearing my Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt but I can show up in the marketplace in this business that he's given me to reflect a light of joy and calm and peace in the midst of all of the craziness and chaos that is owning a business. So I know that's a long story, but no, but, but that's a pretty, pretty amazing. And you, you talk about just moving forward and it, it's funny, you know, your children's reaction. <laughs> um, I I've told this story on air and I, I have no problem. And I, I always tell people, God meant me to be a Methodist. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. I was 
born Roman Catholic. I was an altar boy. Um, kind of disappointed no one touched me, but that's a whole nother story. I can't say that. That's wrong. I'm so sorry. It's God, too late. To God, dear God, I forgive me. You know, I still say my prayers at night. My wife looks at me like I have 15 heads. I still go to bed at night and say my prayers at night. Right. But um, I always say God meant me to be a Methodist because when my son, two of my sons were baptized, we did it at the base chapel. Yeah. And the chaplain that we had was a he was he was silly. We walked in, my ex-wife and I and were like, We're here for the baptism. He goes, he looks at the RPs, which for the Navy, that's religious practitioners, and looks at the RPs and goes, I got a baptism today. <laughs> and they went, Yes, sir, you do. He goes, Oh, okay. Give me the other stuff. And like I'm sitting there going, like, you gotta be kidding me. This guy has like no idea. And I'd never been to a Methodist church. He goes through the process and I'm like, this sounds just like Catholic. Right. And then fast forward, we went to a UCC church when I was living in Pennsylvania, yeah. which is kind of like still, again, very Catholic oriented. Yeah. And then we got to uh, up here to New York and my son, my one of my sons was born. He was born. I was trying to find a church because we didn't have a church family and we were went there on Sunday or on Friday, he was born Sunday. My sons and I went to church and that's the last church I've ever had to go to. Cause it was another Methodist church. And I went, well, God just meant for me to be a Methodist. And I always say it's the Pepsi one of Catholic, all the same great flavor and none of the guilt. I love it. Um, but no, I, I get that. Um, and I guess what I, I have to tell you that I really like about your approach is not once did I hear anything about, well, just look in the Bible. It'll tell you how to make money. I'm not hearing that. And that drives me absolutely bonkers when I hear people like, like there's those big mega. I don't like your church if it has stadium seating. I'm going to be honest with you. If your church has, has nicer seating than, you know, Raven Stadium does, I have a problem with that. Like it doesn't make any sense in my head. Right, right. So, so what has been your approach to, you know, now that people know you're out there, are, are you having to, reach out to clients and say, Hey, you know, let me help you out or here's who I am. Or have you started to reach a point where people go, Hey, I'm, here's my referring this person. I'm going to refer them over to you. Or, you know, you said right now you're, you're booked till August. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I was having this conversation with my coach a few weeks ago and I said, I, I think I'm, I feel like I should be doing more marketing, but when I pray over it, God's like, would you just do what I tell you to do? Like, why do you need to complicate this? And she said, you're visible. That is marketing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so really it's a, uh, the way that I approach that outreach is being visible, being visible on my podcast, you know, honored to be a guest on your podcast. It's really being visible and sharing content on social media that people can relate to. Um, not for the sake of just being there, but like, what is the message? What, what am I saying that people can relate to, right? I do reach out to clients. Um, I do reach out to prospective clients, people who have, you know, expressed interest through downloading some of my tools and finding me on my website and that kind of thing. But I'm not out there shouting it for the from the rooftops. And I don't believe that's what I'm supposed to do. Not that's what no one's supposed to do. That's not what I'm saying. 
because I know plenty of, you know, Christian business coaches who are all over the place. That's not what I've been told to do. Right. And so, and I can only obey the plan he's given me because my plan is different than your plan is different than someone else's plan. So that's, I showing up in these ways or being on summits or that sort of thing to share this message is where most of my clients come from. I would say a great deal of the number of clients that I have right now have come from hearing me on a podcast and going like, I need to talk to you because you said this and that resonates with me. Um, or I've, I've had a successful business, but something is missing. And I think it has to do with letting God lead me. Right. And that's really where I go. And I, just to come back to what you said a minute ago, like, listen, Jesus talked about money more than we even realize. That said, um, yes, I believe that the Bible is our business roadmap. I believe that we can, uh, we absolutely can apply it to our life and our business. That's what I do. And the reason I am a coach is because I'm not here to interpret God's word. I, I am not a biblical scholar. At the same time, while God is everything, and I believe the Bible is the big book of everything, at the same time, he connects us to people who can let their hindsight be our foresight. They've walked the road. They can be beside us and guiding us. I was meeting with a client today and she said, I feel like I was in a fog at the beginning of our coaching and I'm not through the fog, but I'm in the fog and I hear you calling to me and, and you saying to me like, well, but here's, here's the truth of what it says in scripture and, and how does that sit with you? And so I agree with you. I think that we do a poor job as Christians. I'm probably getting a lot of hate mail and that's okay because Jesus still loves me. Um, I think we do a poor job. I start singing the song. No, I think we do a poor job as Christians at either, um, either driving the message of being living a peasant life and being poor as a Christian or the opposite end of that, which is prosperity gospel, which is like, just put it out there and God will give it to you. Um, yes, God wants us to live an abundant life. That abundant life doesn't necessarily mean money and material things. Um, and if we are being obedient, like he is going to bless us immeasurably more than we can think or imagine. Sometimes that's dollars. Sometimes that's the house. Sometimes that's things like um, I need a place to stay and I've been looking at hotels. And then a friend of mine is like, dude, come stay at my house. It's free. Right. So. I, I think that we do a really good job of taking the Bible out of context. And I never want to do that ever because I can't add anything to it. Like it's the word of God. Um, my job is, is to walk my walk and everybody else's job is to walk their walk. I guess that's how I would put it. No, I, I dig that. Now, now that kind of feeds into the other question I have, you know, just purely thinking of this from a coaching standpoint, I cannot tell you you know, how many networking things I, I, I go on. And that's, it used to always be uh, investment and insurance people were on every networking thing you did. <laughs> right. And you, and you'd have to almost, you, you almost felt like you were being rude because they would be like, Hey, I see you've got money in your pocket. Can we go ahead and talk? I can right. show you what to do with it. <laughs> Half of it's going to be mine. And you're like, no, I, I don't, I'm not going to talk to you. Like you said, I've got an insurance person. I've got an investment person. Please, please stop. Please, please stop bothering me. I'm not giving you my money. Please stop. <laughs> and right. you don't want to be rude to them. I feel like now that's 
coaching. Like you go into these networking things and there's, you know, there, there's four coaches in, in every one of them. Like you said, they're all in this niche thing. Well, well, I only coach left-handed people who look from their right eye. <laughs> what? Uh, you know, oh, and Je- Jess says, yes. And don't, don't forget the realtors at networking. Yes. That's the, the other one. Like, oh my gosh, Jess. Yes. God yeah. love my realtor friends. I love you. <laughs> yes. I, and that's, I actually have a, a phenomenal client. He, he probably isn't listening and he's like, one of the best salespeople I've ever talked to just from a salesperson to a salesperson, a professional, yeah. he's amazing. And he's like, he won't hire, he won't hire real estate people. Yeah. He's like, yeah. because when you hire real estate people, they want to do every, they want to do real estate and then your job. Yeah. Like they don't want to do what you've hired them for. They want to do real estate yeah, that's hard. and then they'll kind of do what you've asked them to do because really that's, that's where they're going to make all their money. Then why are you bothering me? <laughs> but my, my question for you is, is, what advice would you give to people who are just, you know, I, I've I've thought about it and I've lucked out in my life where I have friends who are at a level that some of them have gone through the coaching courses and got the certification that I could reach out to them that are, are good mentors, other Marines or just people that I can reach out to and I can kind of say, hey, I, I feel like I'm screwing this up. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. What would you give for advice to someone? Like, what are the pitfalls of looking for a coach? Like, where, where, you know, is there like verbiage that if you hear them say, like, they start talking about this, avoid that person, move away from them. They're probably not where you need to be. Or do you understand what I'm asking? Like, how yeah, do you yeah. find that right one? Yeah, I, I think it really, not I think, I know. It it comes down to understanding you said this earlier, right? Like that coaching has become somewhat of sort of the new psychology and counseling. And I am very clear with my clients. Like I'm not here to be your counselor. Like I will tell you, I've told a client, I love working with you. You need a therapist. Like I love you, but I am not your therapist. (laughs) Um, So I I think it's definitely understanding what is it that you hope to accomplish that you've not been able to accomplish on your own or Maybe you had a coach, but you only got so far. What is it that stopped you from going further? Is it that you weren't willing to embrace and try some of the things that the coach recommended for you to do? So you weren't willing to take action. Was it that that the coach and your beliefs and your values diverged from that coach? It's understanding what you want to accomplish and understanding your own values and your own vision for what it will mean to you to accomplish that. Because you can talk all day about accomplishing goals or, you know, your mission or all of those things. But when at the end of the day, what does that mean? What what does that really mean? So it's getting clear on what you want to accomplish. And then when you bring your values into it, you are able I believe to see through the BS, you're able to see through the canned language that, that you may hear from some coaches, because when you're coming at it from the standpoint of your values, like, you know, integrity, when you see it, if integrity is your value, you know, honesty, when you see it, Um, you know, community, all of those kinds of values. And when you come at it from that perspective, you know, you will be able to hear the difference, right? Like everybody, 
car salespeople get a really bad rap, right? Yes. But I know some amazing car salespeople. Why? Because they are incredible listeners. And while, yes, it is their job to sell me a car, doing business with them is so honest, so integritous, like, because their values match my values. So you can hear it a mile away. So it's that. And because coaching is such a buzzword, I'm here to tell you, I don't have credentials for coaching. I, I prayed over that and I was not given direction that I should go get my coaching certification and blah, blah, blah. And I applaud and honor those who have because maybe that's what they've been called to do. But just because someone has the credentials doesn't mean that they're necessarily the expert or the best coach for you. Again, if, if you think you need a coach, understanding your values and what you want to accomplish, have a number of conversations. Don't just talk to one. I mean, I talk to prospective clients all the time and I say to them, have you talked to other coaches? Why are you looking for a coach that's faith-based, right? That's what a great is question. it that you want to accomplish that you haven't accomplished yet and why? Because sometimes the reason you haven't accomplished it is you just haven't been willing to do the work. And I'm here to tell you, like, if you work with me, you're going to do some work because I, I can't make it happen for you. Like there, there is work to be done. So, so approaching it from those standpoints is important. And then I would say on the flip side of that, which you didn't ask me, but maybe you're flip it. If you are a coach going to these networking things, listen, this is me in all my truth. I used to network and I was the person walking in the room being like, how many people can I talk to you? And how many cards can I get? And who am I, who am I closing today? Who That's am me. I closing in the room? That's me, 100%. Right. And so what I've learned, obviously through my walk with Jesus, but then also through some really amazing networking opportunities. I know Jess Gruber and I are part of a Success Champions Networking. There's a plug. Um, and and the group that I'm part of. Donnie, they, you need to pay me. Donnie, I expect to get paid, Donnie. Seriously. The group that I'm part of, Bethesda Badasses, like we, there is just a heart-centeredness in that group that we show up for each other, not to simply get a referral and not to simply do business, but to actually understand what is it about you that makes you different and what are the values that you're showing up with? So if you're a coach walking into a networking group, how about just go there to with the intention of having one really good conversation, regardless of the outcome? How about that? How about whom can I meet that I can simply be listening to? And it may go nowhere, but I don't care. I just want to have a, a really good conversation with someone. When you walk in from that perspective, there it, people sense the difference about you. And then they do seek you out to work with you or at least just get to know you better. Yeah, and Nate's right. I'm, I'm always market networking. I, I have no, I don't know how not to. Absolutely, 100%. I, 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 like people that are like, I walk in the room. I don't know how to talk to anyone. I'm like, let me talk to you. Do you want to talk to me? Why are you not talking to me? Right. Why, like I'm, I'm that person. That's like I'm in your face. Why are we not talking to each other? Like I, I can't. I can't. Like I, right. I. So I, this is a perfect idea. My wife will attest to this. Like this is how bad I am about that. So two weeks ago, I injured my left knee. Just found out that I tore my ACL oh. and my meniscus. Oh man! Found that out on Tuesday while I'm in the ER the next day. Cause the first day I, it's a whole nother thing. So the next day I, I went to, the, went to emergent care the first day and ER the next day. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, while I'm sitting there, the, the one of the nurses is talking about building a garden, which I love to garden. Yeah. I love my vegetable garden. Like I had no other choice, but I had to throw my two cents. I was in that room. There was nobody else talking. Right. To me. I, I got to talk to you. Yes. Come here. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how to build that box and throw you throw some shit Dude, in there. I do the same thing. I yes, I can't help it. You can't help it. And here's the thing: my kids today. It, and listen, this is not a slam against millennials. My older daughter is actually on the the edge of millennial, but you know, <laughs> they're just not always good at at networking and it's not even networking. It's making connections, right? Yes. So here's what happens is that something will come up. Like my younger daughter is an actor and she's in New York right now for a show. Actually, she's back in Philly now. She just got back, but she needed a place to stay. And I'm like, well, just put out a message to all your friends who do X. She's like, what? Like watch. I started putting messages out on Facebook. Boom. Right. People are connecting. Um, you know, I like, you know, those people who are like, I got a guy. Yes. Yeah. I got, I got a guy. guy. I, got a guy. I, I, I got a gal. Like, it's just knowing who those people are. And I love nothing more than to send those people business or to refer yes. them. Right. No, nothing in it for me, but, but just because I'm a natural connector. And so feels just good. be a connector. Yes. It, it feels good for us. And Nate's, Nate's yes. dropping some messages here. Yeah, we've talked late night about shows and, and he's the same way. He's, sent me people i've sent him people right. for shows he does that's i i'm a hundred percent that way but now something else i want to get into so when, before the show was talk going on you had uh you were telling me on aaron harrigan and that's h-a-r-r-i-g-a-n aaron like the harrigan irish song for those like who... like the irish song and, and it's aaron in the irish way not yes, double is. not not like the baseball player double a. that's right Although uh, that's sometimes in my life, people do spell it wrong. Aaron, I used to call that Aaron. <laughs> yes. A A Ron. AaronHarrigan.com. You have a giveaway going on, and, and I'll put the link in the show information. It's yeah. AaronHarrigan.com backslash the number four and then the word keys, K E Y E S. Yeah. yeah. You've got a giveaway going on on your site. What's that all about? So last year, I as I was coaching clients, I felt the Lord was really laying on my heart this this whole framework of what I call redefining hustle and pursuing success his way. So it's it's countercultural to the world because obviously the world wants you like driving, striving, and go make it happen and boss babe and blah. So <laughs> what what he kept saying to me was <laughs> I define right, I define and direct. And you put that into discipline. And when you do that. I develop you. And so this is where the four keys came from. And so it is, it's a downloadable guide that you can just keep handy. And it's all about understanding that we are not defined by the world. We are not defined by our achievements. We are defined by our creator or God, right? And then when we embrace that, he defines us and we embrace that he directs us because he's already planned our life anyway, right? Then we can walk out the assignment he's given us with the clarity of that, we can put action in place. Remember I said, there's still action to be taken. So you can put a daily discipline in place to focus in the right places and in the right ways. And if you think of a business closed loop, many of you may be familiar with this, right? Like you make the plan, you execute the plan, you learn and you put that back in and then you do it again. And every time you get better, right? This closed loop is the four keys. So it's define, direct, discipline, and then develop. 
So we get better at understanding how he defines us and how he defines what success means. We get better at actually taking and following his directions. We get better at putting that into action with discipline. And then we develop. And then we get better and stronger in our business. The no's that we get, we, we don't get hung up on rejection. We respect them. We become more able to say no to business and get clearer on who we are to serve. And so this four keys document lays all that out for you. It's, it's a really simple guide. Anybody can grab it and just keep it handy because so as a man, even, I can download it. I'm allowed. You can. And even okay. if you are not a believer, like let's say you are, you know, our sisters and brothers who are new age, love the universe. You can still apply this. Know that there are scripture references on the guide, but you can still apply this. Like when you get stuck in your business, well, how are you defining success? Because maybe you're defining success as 100 clients and you have 50 and other people are like, dude, you have 50, right? Right. Like, how are you defining it? And then how are you being directed to take action? And then are you even taking action? So this is applicable there. It's applicable to marriage. It's applicable to life. So I pray that that blesses someone that wants to download it. Well, it it's funny you use that term, the, the, the defining. Um, I had a financial planner that, uh, you know, very simple networking thing. Somebody came to me and said, Hey, you know, can I, and I, I knew the guy and I said, yeah, I'll work with you. He ended up, you know, introducing me to his actual broker. He didn't stay in the business long. And then I went to somebody who wasn't an, another, uh, SES person, uh, success right. champions network. And, and I was in there for a while, but just, we had a whole thing up here in Albany. It's a whole nother thing. It's all but, good. It's all good, but I still love. I, I told Donnie, I, I said, Donnie, I can't do it right now because we just don't have a thing. But if you ever need me, I got you. Marine to Marine, I got That's you. That's right. But um, so I ended up with another one. But the gentleman asked me, he goes, well, what's your, what is your, how do you, def he didn't even ask me how you, I define wealth. He's like, well, what is your goal? I said, well, how do you define wealth? Mm. He's like, what? I said, I can tell you how I define it. And yeah. I always think back to my dad's best friend. Mr. Frank, love Mr. Frank, um, but Mr. Frank always bought bought his cars outright. Yeah. And yeah. as a kid, even as an adult, I've never been able to walk into a dealership. I've been able to have amazing credit and put money down and do all those things, but I've never walked into a car dealership and been like laid stacks of paper down and went, that's mine. Right. So he yeah. asked me, and, and I think that's so great the way you, you say you have to define it. Yeah. That's how I define wealth is the ability right. to walk into a car dealership and point and go, I'll take that one. Yeah. That's how I define it. So again, defining success, you have to be able to define what that means to you. That's, that's huge. That's powerful. I think that's it, monstrous. It's knowing your identity in that. Like I could look around and I could say – I want to make as much money as Elon Musk, but maybe that's not what God's plan is for me, right? I don't look at it. The world would tell me that that is faulty thinking and that I'm not dreaming big enough and I'm not believing that I'm worthy enough. No, 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 no. I am clear that I have a swim lane and other people have swim lanes. I'm not holding myself back. On the contrary, I'm clear on who defines me and how so that I can do my very best and work with excellence at what my assignment is, right? I also don't buy into the whole like more money, more problems. Like, yes, that is a thing. 
but that doesn't stop me from making money. Like some people do have that issue. What I believe is that you have to be a good steward of your money. It's not your money anyway. It's God's, right? That's my two cents. Y'all can throw some tomatoes at me. Um, but you like you have to be aware of of how you're defining that because like we said earlier, I mean, you have a you have a panda. I mean, think about it. All the people who like wrap themselves up into whatever their achievements were, and then there was a pandemic. Like, come on, right? The perfect example. So you have to be clear on how you're defining success because that broker could have been like, this is what I think your goal should be. And you're like, that is not aligned to my values at all. No. And, yeah. and and that's why they're not my broker anymore. And I have somebody else who right. I know aligns with similar values to yeah. mine and has a similar background to mine. And I know I could pick up the phone right now and legitimately send him a message and be like, Hey, I watched the market today and the world's coming to an end you know, financially, okay. what, do, what do I do? And he's going to tell me, and we have the type of right relationship where he's going to tell me, what are you doing? What is it? My wife is standing at the top of the steps. This is the, how the bar works. My <laughs> wife is standing at the top of the steps, giggling at me. Cause she is, she's some, like, close the bar. <laughs> no, she has somehow got her self hung up in her own Inner, I can't even like, oh my God, I can't. I can't. Aaron, this is something that only a husband and wife would understand. Can I, I want to tell her. So she was taking, she was getting ready for the night and her bracelet is now stuck in her bra somehow. <laughs> she has her shirt on and everything. So it's not a big deal, but she's standing here giggling at me because she has her heart bracelet that, well, you're going to have to come around here. I, this is how the, this is the bar. This is the bar I, stage. You better watch it. Out. I don't. I don't even know what. Did you get it off? She got it. I don't even know. I'm sorry, folks. That was <laughs> that was just a complete goofiness. Like she's standing here at the top of the steps, like help, help, help me. And I'm like, help me, I'm poor. What do you What do you want me to do? I I can't. You can come around. I mean, but but yeah, but that's why I you know Mike Mike Latuna became my my financial. Yeah, I'll give him yeah. a plug, but because I. Cause I know he's the kind of guy that if I had that conversation, Oh, whoa, the sky is falling. Yeah. I'm comfortable with him going Merv, shut the hell up. Right. Relax. Yeah. You're fine. Buy more stock. Right. right. Like I, I'm perfectly fine with that conversation. Yeah. 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 And when you're clear on how you're defined, yeah, the struggle, the is, struggle is real. There. When you're clear on how you're defined real. and who's directing you. Um, it's not a Pollyanna, but you're, we all need people in our lives who can like call us out on our crap. Right. And who could tell us like, breathe. <laughs> right. Stop, breathe. You're right. okay. Right. You know? And yes, Nate, we know you're saving for your trip to Arizona. He's going oh, out. Nate, what part of Arizona are you going to? He, he, we'll see if he says it, but I, uh, vulture something. Uh, we had some guests on a while back that he introduced me to. They're the only all native American, paranormal investigators oh wow and they're out there uh it's vulture something i can't think of it but they invited him to come out so he's saving to go out for this big vulture city that's it vulture city vulture city i used to live we lived in tucson for four years so he always laughs at me because anytime we've had anybody on that does anything paranormal i don't care what it is he's like what no oh it's it's better than my show will glitch cameras will freeze right it is guaranteed yeah. 
and people are always like, you're doing something. I'm like, I haven't done nothing. Right. I've done. Yeah. I, I don't change my format. Right. Anything. It yeah. just is guaranteed to get all glitchy. So fun fact, um, when I was a kid, I used to want to be a paranormal psychologist. Mm. Even more of a fun fact, I am terrified of scary movies. Why? Why would I? Why would I want to? Like, that's just so oh, incongruent. That's even better. That's but even better. Right. No, I can't do it. Um, but, here, you know, it, it's no, I mean, we we do like the I'm just going to tell you, like the Bible says we fight against principalities, right, of darkness and et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all out there. I love that, Nate. I hope you have an amazing time. Arizona's it, it, the best. I've, I've been to Arizona. I've, I've actually been to, there's only like eight states I haven't been to. Like there's like this strip where it's like North and South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, yeah. like Oregon, Washington State, and Alaska and Hawaii. That's like that strip that goes through there. That's yeah. yeah. Other than that, I've, I've been to almost all of them. And I have to say Utah is probably the prettiest. Oh, it is beautiful. Yeah. I, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, really you know, is. I love, like you're talking about living on the Eastern shore. I love the shore. There's nothing like the sunset over the Chesapeake Bay. There's nothing like that sunset or yeah. the sunrise out there. It's like surreal. It, it's very different. So yeah, it is. that's a whole another thing. We'll, we'll do a travel show, but <laughs> I love to, to, to see, that's my thing. Like I love to get out and travel and yes, I love travel. Like you talk about, you know, measuring success to me, uh, yeah. measuring that six, another measurement of that success would be retiring before the retirement age. Yeah. 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 Like I, 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 I hate the idea, you know, and that's something that I'm, I'm curious with some of these coaches. Like I know me, I hate the idea of waiting till I'm in my sixties to retire. That's right. I think it's yeah. a load of crap. Yeah. You know, we, we pick on younger people today and we say, Oh, I can't, I can't believe that they're, they're so lazy. They're this, that, and the other, but they're doing the things that we wait till we're in our sixties to yes. go and do it's so they're true. doing today. Yeah. And then you're, you're just mad that you waited so long to get right. to it. Right. Well, and that's know, really my feelings on that. No, I, I agree with you. And I would, and two things. One is Dave Ramsey says that retirement is not an age. It's a number, like a dollar figure, right? right. Like what you can survive on more than survive. But um, that was why I got into multi-level marketing because this idea of like life by design and, and having, you know, me being able to choose, I, we love to travel. I love to pick up and go. Um, and I want the freedom to do that. My husband works for the federal government. So he's got like another, hopefully only like eight, not, not even maybe like 15 years to go. Maybe not that long. <laughs> um, but it drives him crazy. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm going to work here today, or I'm going to go do that today. And even though he is working at home, he's like, well, I was going to leave my computer. And I'm like, well, I love you, but it sucks to be you. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. And it's, it's funny with, with all those things. And you talk about the, the multi-level marketing, I, I will tell anyone if you want to know who loves you, oh, and you're, if you want to know who really loves true, you and true. respects you and, and all those things, I did one ever multi-level marketing and it wasn't a bad deal. It, I saved a lot of money. It was the, through the, doing the whole power, the mm -hmm. electric thing. Mm -hmm. It was actually a pretty good deal. Yeah. And I, I looked into it, and, but you want to know who loves you and respects you and cares right. about you. Pick up that phone and say, Hey, look, I've got this thing that will save you money. Right. Can I tell you about it? 
if they hang up on you or tell or start talking bad about you or call you, you know, names, you know. I, listen to me. They they really you're not on that level uh, that you thought you were. I called up my mother. My mother said, yeah, let me hear about it. I called up some friends. And I was like, let me tell you about it. They were like, man, I ain't listening to that. Right. I got other stuff to do. Right. I uh, hear you. Oh, it's my kitty. I love you too, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, we've known each other probably, God, going on 20, <laughs> God, 2001. God, did, 20, over 20 years now. Uh, but but yeah, like that will really tell you, do your family love you? Go ahead and get you into like some Avon, oh, some what, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. If you're into yeah. Pampered Chef, you can call me though. Right, because you. Can I'm, I'm the guy that if you call me, uh-huh. I will buy all your pampered chef bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, my wife is constantly like, she won't bring the, she won't bring the books in, she won't, because she knows like, you're like uncontrollable. <laughs> I lost you for half a second. There you go. Still We're there. back. I, I had a friend that was into it. And she's at, she's actually one of my wife's closest friends and she had some leftovers. Listen oh, to me. Yeah. I was like, let me buy that shit off. It was like <laughs> making a crack. It was like, I could buy that shit off you cheap. I got, you want, you want this money? Let me get that. Let me get that. Would you, you got that stoneware? She's like, you, you need know? a hit. You need a hit. <laughs> she was, she was like, she's like, I got the stoneware pizza up the You're pizza like, stone. And I'm like, what, what you doing with that pizza stone girl? What you doing with that pizza stone? Like, I'm so bad about that. I love like, it. Like I'm that guy, <laughs> and I, it was always funny because I was the guy that they would hand it to, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm buying all this stuff." And people are like, "You're buying it?" I'm like, "You're like, yes, yeah, I am." Yeah, like I'm like, "Do you not know how amazing their grilling I'm stuff sorry. is?" Like, don't be stupid. I'm buying it. Like I'm buying all this stuff. <laughs> so I, I'm just curious because we're gonna get ready to close the bar up. Would you recommend, you know, knowing what you know about multi-level marketing? Mm-hmm. And um, be honest with you, folks, if you ever decide to get into it, really take the time to look at it. Yes. There are some that are really amazing. Yes. I have some friends that I went to high school with that are into the, it's called, I believe it's called Sensi. Yep. Like the smells or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how it works. It's nothing that would ever interest me. Um, I still, my favorite smell is Bay Rum. Like I'm an, <laughs> I'm that guy. Like I like Bay Rum, um, but they're very into it and they're very successful with it and they're very good about yeah, it. Yeah. Like to the point that, you know, like you were mentioning, like they're going on to like, they went to trips to like some right. other state and, yeah, and yeah. like they're in Maryland now, but they went to like other states and like got invited out there and they do very well with it. Yeah. Just as a kind of a sidebar thing, what would you recommend if somebody did want to get into it? Cause you were into it and you were successful sure. with it. Yeah. What, what would you recommend to somebody if they were like, yeah, I'm going to get into this one. Like what would be your approach to them? So do your research. Remember that, so multi-level marketing is legal. I want to be clear, right? There were government- It's not a pyramid scam. No, it's not. And here's why. Because if it is a legitimate company, it's really about product, not recruiting people, right? Um, if you think of it as a distribution system. So instead of you, let's let's use, I, I've, I'll just say it. I've been with Arbonne for 10 years or 12 years. Um, I don't know what that one is. What's our it's it's health and wellness. Okay. It's skincare makeup. So if I'm going to go buy my skincare, my makeup, if I'm going to go buy energy drinks, if I'm going to go buy a protein shake, why, why not shop at my own store to do that? Like, why not? Right. And there are companies that 
everything. I mean, you talked about power a long time ago. Gosh, when you had to, when you had to pay for long distance, um, we were, we were part of a company, um, that we did our long distance through. Right. And, and you're talking about like power and, and different things, right? It's like, it's like bulk buying. So it is a distribution channel. It is absolutely legal. And do your research because in any company, there can be bad apples. But guess what? That's the case in any company. Any company. Let me introduce you to Enron. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. So do your research. Um, make sure that you're not, you don't have minimums that you have to purchase every month yourself. Um, oh, that's, a that, thing. that's a big red flag that you have to purchase a lot yourself and look around at the organization. Yes. Go do your Google research, but know that everybody and their brother is posting all the negative stuff in the Google research. So instead, you know, have a conversation with someone else. If you have somebody that's talking to you about the business, say, you know, are, are there other people that you can refer me to that I can have a conversation with? You want to get the whole picture. Um, they say that something like less than 1% of people make money. And that's because most people are the, the majority of people who are in multi-level marketing actually aren't in it for the business. They're in it to get their products at a discount. So it stands to reason that 99% of them aren't making money because they're not there to do that. So let's be clear. So I would just do my research. I think it is a brilliant business model. And for me, God simply redirected me. And, and that can be really scary because I thought I was going to the top of Arbonne and he said, Whoa, hold on. You've <laughs> had that season. Now I want you to go this way but he was faithful in preserving my business. So I still earn money in my business because I still have people that buy product and I still buy product. And it is, um, it is not what it used to be. So do your research, make sure they're not making false claims and try the products before you decide to actually be part of a business, because you need to have your own experience to be able to talk about it. It would be kind of like, your friends go to a restaurant and they're like, we love this restaurant, but you're a vegetarian. And you're like, why would I go to that steakhouse? <laughs> right. Like make sure you use the products before you try it. That's what I would say. Yeah. And my only advice to people in that is make sure that the person that's telling you is that's a good thing. Doesn't say, Hey man, you're going to love this. Let me introduce you to this other guy though. If they can't sell right. you on it themselves, and they've got to introduce you to somebody else to get you to do it. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Like that's one of those ones for me where it's like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I'm not not feeling it. Sure. So we're yeah. gonna get ready. We gotta close the bar up. I think we could last you and call. I, last call at the bar. You don't have to go home, but you can't you stay can't here. Can't stay here. That's it. You know, <laughs> God. And we didn't even get into with you know, favorite crab cakes. Oh, G and M's. You're see, I've never had G and M. Oh my never. God. They're so good. Costa. Yeah, I mean, but aren't they all sort of related? I don't know. Costa's is the one like in Dundon. The same Greek family somehow. Well, see, you know what's crazy? So, folks, if you're still tuning into us, we're about to get into some Maryland talk for about a, a couple of moments here. So, you can tune out on this shit, or you can find out where you really want to eat at. But don't try to buy Maryland crab cakes. Outside, oh. like don't do it unless no it never works you scary. know what i'll it take that back one place where so in this you're gonna call me a crazy person so i used to work out of the 
the recruiting office in Reading, Pennsylvania for the Marine Corps. Oh, yeah. Okay. Next to it was actually, uh, I can't even remember the name of the mall. It actually used to be like an amusement park or a way or a speedway or something like that. And then they put a mall there. Next to it, there was a farmer's market. And around Reading, Pennsylvania, it's kind of interesting. There's like three or four farmer's markets that are yeah, really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, there was a farmer's market. And I don't even know if the guy's still in there or not, but there was this guy who had a stand and he did Cajun food. Mm. But he did Maryland crab cakes mm. with this like salt. And I'm, I'm t- look, Maryland, good Maryland crab cake to me is on saltine crackers and yellow yes. mustard. Don't yes. play games with me. Don't try Liberty. to. Ernie. Yes, do it. Yes. Uh, Glen Burnie, so you know, Billy. That's what we used to call people from Glen Burnie is Billy because there was no hills. Uh, <laughs> but um, he was the only one. Any other time I've gone and, and tried to get a Maryland crab cake from anywhere else outside of Maryland, it. it is it is like filler. Uh, it is like a hamburger bun yes. with like three pieces of crab meat. And I'm like, yes. what are you people doing to me? Right. But I'm a Costas guy up okay. in up in Dundalk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, used to be, uh, and but you know what? Some of the places I still love, like A One. See, mm-hmm. I'm I, so it's funny because you live down in Laurel and everything. It's such a you try to explain to people like they're like well, you're in Maryland. You should know this place. I'm like, no, no I grew no. I grew up in Dundalk. Um, I went into East Baltimore, Essex, yeah. right, Golden Ring. Like I stayed around there. My yeah. crab, my crab houses were Schultz's, A One, Costa, uh, Ross's, which is gone now. It burned down. Um, that's where we went. And, right. Oh, and uh, Bill. Oh God, Bill's Terrace Inn. Mm, yeah, Love. Bill's Terrace Inn is the only place I know of in Maryland that does uh, crawfish, but they steam their crawfish. Mm, I love that's it. some good stuff. I, it's tough. But it's a lot of, it's like different than crabs, right? Because the crawfish Completely. is so tiny and it's so hard to work with. Completely different. Anyway. What did I see the other, I saw something the other day with crab. I was watching uh, Somebody Feed Phil, which I love that show on Netflix. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, you got to watch Somebody Feed Phil. Does he eat everything? Uh, he's not an eat everything. So he's actually one of the original writers of the show, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's got like three, three or four seasons. He's original writer. He's like writer and creator of the show. Uh, Amazing guy. Very silly kind of approach to things. And, uh, but he was somewhere over in like, he's in Thailand or wherever it was the episode I was watching. And they took what was a, basically a blue crab and they opened it and cooked the the mustard uh, in Maryland, that shit's mustard. I know it's fat folks. It, we call it's it mustard. mustard. That shit's mustard. Yeah. But they opened the crab up and they, everything that was in the top and then everything that was in the body, they steamed them separately open. Ooh. And I was like, I, I could eat that. You're like, where's my pampered chef? <laughs> where's my pampered <laughs> chef at right now? Oh, I've got, <laughs> look, we have the stone. The, the the stone pot yes. from Pampered Chef, the red one. Yes, that is like was, that's what I was thinking about. I'm going to tell you right now, that is the okay. greatest piece of cookware yes. that I own. My wife and I will oven at 350, a pack of uh, boneless, skinless thighs, yes. and some sofritos. Yeah, a jar of sofritos oh. poured in there for about an hour, hour and fifteen. Just leave that shit go, and yes. when you're done, over some uh, Spanish rice. Yeah, yeah. Listen to me. Oh, a fat kid that lives in my soul. 
there's a fat kid that lives in my shoulder. But you were talking about restaurants. Do you have you ever been to Jimmy Seafood? Where is that? So Jimmy Seafood's up in Dundalk. That's the one that like 98 Rock always broadcast from. Okay. You you always will see like Which by the way, 98 Rock is not what it used to be, but go on. The morning show still is. Is it? Okay. Um, I haven't looked so it that's um God, I'm having a just Justin uh Scott and Spiegel. Okay. So it's Justin, been a while. Yeah. So Justin of Justin Scott and Spiegel, he actually follows me on Instagram. Oh my gosh. You're the at, famous. At, I felt like, like, look, that was like, holy shit. <laughs> I, I, made like, it. Oh, I made it. Some pig at like nobody else who's listening has any idea who that guy is. <laughs> Folks, you're getting some behind the scenes stuff. This you're is normally the, behind the scenes now. Th- this is normally the conversation that I have after the show is over with. But, uh, one day, my daughter is a tattoo artist. She does amazing tattoos, mm-hmm. and she was mm-hmm. doing a tattoo on my leg. Um, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I Instagram called him, and he answered. Shut up. And, and we did like a whole thing, and he was playing like video games and shit house drunk. Oh my <laughs> gosh! And we did like a whole thing together, and I'm like, this is amazing. I I. Like, I'm this like is someone <laughs> like I really was because this is somebody who right. you know has been on the radio for years That's up amazing. in Baltimore, yeah. you know, and I, I I've listened to him for years. He follows so me, good. and I was like, this is great. But yeah, so but Jimmy's, you talk about just how things have changed. There's such a niche now for people to come to that Maryland seafood. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Jimmy's was always a place. It was a neighborhood place. No, it's like right. You you can't. So my yeah. mom was like, you can't get in there anymore. I drove past it the other day. The building looks different. We used to go in there and that used to be like my suave place to take a date <laughs> when I was like 16 and 17 because you could get a lobster stuff with crab imperial for 1995. Right. Right. Like, and I mean, for years. Now it's like Greek, high class with Greek vegetables. Now you can't even, now it's you just like, get in. you can't, you, my mom's like, they park around the corner, down the block. The building oh looks gosh. completely different. The wow. athletes come in there now. It's oh it's, yeah, it's it's like you can't even get into the place. Amazing, but you got. I mean, you're on the shore. Are you you're on the Pax Riverside though, right? We're yeah. I'm not as far south as Pax, but we're like 20 minutes from Annapolis. But we live in Chesapeake Beach, North Beach, so we have some we have some good stuff here, and we have fresh crabs that we can get to, like because they're crabbing out on the bay all the time. So when we get crabs. We steam them ourselves and we get them right 100%, here. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. What's, what's your favorite? Derek, you are kind of a big deal. And I, I did have the same reaction. <laughs> uh, what's your, like what, like my go-to spot to go crabbing is the Y River. Yeah. So um, we had friends that had family on the Magathy down in Pasadena. So okay. we would, we would crab down there all the time. We haven't really been crabbing. Well, gosh, it's been forever since we've been crabbing because like we know people that crab. So, and all here, like on, on like Pax River or, um, you know, you out in the bay. The, how many, how many crab, how many uh, ice trucks do you see sitting on the side of the road with jet that are just packed with crabs and you just oh, pull yeah. off the side of the road? Right. Like, yeah, we, that's big here too. Yep. So my dad, I love my dad. My dad was such a dick sometimes though <laughs> like so we would go to the y river and the y river is actually i've never had better crabs and would come out of the y river yeah yeah like they sit down in the mud and they get that yellow belly to them that real mudder look to them and he would go out with his his buddy worm that was the guy we called the guy worm and it, 
you have to be from Maryland that when you look at a shower curtain hook, a metal shower curtain hook, you look at it and go, well, that's for hanging turkey necks off of. <laughs> that's not, what are you hanging your shower curtain with that? That's for turkey necks. But he it. would have all the traps set up. And uh, my dad used to love, we would get, we would have two and a half, three bushels oh, yeah. in, in an hour, maybe yeah. two. Yep. Big, big, I mean, big crap. Yeah. And we would come back up and my dad used to love to pull off to the side of the road. He would tell me, he'd be like, pull off the road, pull off. I'm like, dad, I'm not pulling off, pull off right there. And he would go over and he would look at what these guys are selling as number ones. Yeah. And he'd be like, how much is that? And he would walk away and he would see like a couple at the end of the end of the line and be like, come here, let me show you something. Right. And they would walk over. My, yes. We'd have, we'd have these bushel <laughs> baskets. My dad would be like, look at those. And these people were like, are you selling them? And my dad would be like, no. And they'd be like, what? My dad would be like, what would you give me for? And they would always be these astronomical numbers. I can get them now in Albany. I can get crabs. You know what a bushel of crabs cost me in Albany, though? I don't even know. Two fifty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? That's how much they've been up here because they haven't oh, been really? running. Yeah. They have not been running. I thought running. they were running better now after they They were they running better, but, rock. but not not like like a couple years ago. That's another thing. What's a rock fish? You know what a rock fish is, right? Oh, yeah. You know what they call that up here? Hmm. Striped bass. Same, same same fish. I'll never. I went, I went fishing with a guy out here, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, we're going for striped bass." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool, man. I've never caught one of them before." Get it's a rock. Bro, fish. You pull it up. Get, you're like, "Oh, that's a rock." He's like, "What?" It's a rock fish. He's like, "It's a striped bass." I'm like, "That's a rock fish." <laughs> he's like, "What are you talking about?" Like it was a whole thing. He was like, "I don't even know what you're talking about." I'm like, "That's it. a rock fish." He's like, "That's a striped bass." It's a whole no. thing. All right. Anyway. We, we can keep going. I had to get a little bit of Maryland out of me for a I minute. I got make, you. I like it. It made, make me feel a little better and everything. <laughs> so as we do on every show, make sure you don't log off afterwards. we got to talk for one moment afterwards. But as we do on every show, the guest always gets the last word. So, Miss Aaron, what is the last word? One word? Whatever word, whatever it is, the word doesn't have to be one word. It's whatever the word, like if I told you, hey, we're talking about the word, that's not one word. That's true. No, know how you define success for yourself. Period. All righty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been a Neplug Podcast presentation found on earplugpodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.